Well, Wally's bio surprised me because uh, I've heard from you know people in so many different backgrounds that uh, enjoyed meeting Wiley in this book. Like a, a lawyer that I was uh, knew on uh, in Frederick, Maryland, I had no association over this way. He said when he got in a tough spot, he would ask himself, "What would Wiley do?" Hi, this is Stephanie Fowler. And this is Tony Russo. And you're listening to another episode of So What's Your Story? A podcast in which we talk to authors and writers about their writing, the stories behind their stories, the writing process, and any other sort of miscellaneous writing stuff that we decide to talk about. Today on the podcast, we have Anne Foley of Dogwood Ridge Books. She has lived on Elliott's Island in the Chesapeake Bay for more than 30 years and undertaken the significant task of preserving the history of the island and others around it. As a freelance writer, Anne has had numerous articles and stories published by such outlets as The Washington Post, Stars and Stripes, Bay Sailor Magazine, and Chesapeake Bay Magazine. Her books include Elliot's Island, The Land That Time Forgot, Having My Say, Conversations with Chesapeake Bay Waterman Wiley Gator Abbott, a Dorchester County scrapbook, and her newest book, Holland Island, The Lost Atlantis of the Chesapeake Bay. So welcome to the podcast, Anne. Thank you, Stephanie. Well, we're, I'm delighted to have you here because it's good to see you again and, and all that. But I wanted to talk to you about uh, some of the work that you're doing because I, I personally love these collections where people are preserving the history of the Chesapeake Bay and preserving these microcosms of life and people. And so I was really excited when, when you want, agreed to be on the podcast. Oh, well, thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about what drives you to do th- the work that you're doing, like what pulls you towards, I mean, I know it pulls me towards the Waterman culture, but I mean, it's, I mean, you live on Elliott's Island. There's gotta be a rich history there for you. Uh, Yeah. When I uh, came there from the city, Miss Nora's store was still open and uh, I just fell in love with getting to hang out in the store and listen to the former generation uh, before me tell, Right. Speak of uh, how it had been there when they were totally isolated. So that's kind of like that general store where, you know, the pot belly stove and people came right, and hung out. Right. Is that sort of the, the feel yeah, there? Yeah, the bench and uh, a couple easy chairs and uh, Miss gotcha. Norris rocker. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you said from the city. Where were you from? From Washington, D.C. And oh, uh, wow. what? I was going to say, oh, wow, that is, a, that is moving from Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah. to Elliott's Island. Good state. I wanted to get as far away as I could. And, well, you uh, did. <laughs> I did very well. If you're anywhere near Elliott's Island but not on it, getting to Elliott's Island is pretty much as far away as you can be. Absolutely. Um, and so what, was, so what was your writing background before you, before you came out here? Uh, I was uh, just freelancing articles for uh, different publications. I don't know if that exists anymore but it's really really hard yeah. it's yeah. really 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 yeah. hard so what was this so so what what year is this and what was what was it like to to when you first came to elliot's island oh uh, it was about 35 years ago gotcha okay uh, so as a as, as a freelancer you 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 just call the editor to say this is my idea and they'd say go or don't go or would you get right. assignments yeah yeah, no, I wasn't well known enough to get assignments. But, uh, <laughs> I don't I would, think any of us are. <laughs> yeah. I would pitch uh, articles it's before tough. the internet or uh, yeah, you pitch and you pitch and you pitch. And, uh, what what kind of success did you have? Like, did, did did you ever get to know an editor well enough where you could get to him on the first try? Or 
I, not really. <laughs> I did pretty well with uh, Base Sailor Magazine. Right. I, I actually got an assignment there. That's awesome. And, uh, nice. Yeah. So when you moved to Elliot's Island, is that kind of what kind of sparked your love of doing this work, you know, of these, um, you know, historical pieces and what you're doing is it was it moving to Ellen's Island and you're like oh man this is amazing somebody has to capture this history and I'm gonna do it was it that sort of a, a motivation for you well actually uh, there were several of the older people on the island that had a sense of how their way of life was passing and they didn't even know I wrote but they would like to tell their story. It was like they wanted to pass it on to someone sure. who was likely to be around for another generation. If they could find somebody interested, they would just uh, really t- tell their stories uh, with relish. Yeah, I think that, you know, when you sit down with some of these older folks, and I know that I, I did it for the for the book that I worked on, when you sit down yeah. with some of these older people and they have a chance to say, hey, I remember when my father had a Model T car and we yeah. had to crank it up, and that was not a joke. That was legitimately what they had to do every right. single day to get from home to wherever. They had to go crank up the Model A. And for me, you know, like, you know... And it spins back and it hits you in the head. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, you know? And so I think, you know, when you sit down and you get these little nuggets, I mean, for me as a writer, those were such special moments. Absolutely. So, And yeah. I had a bad experience with... Uh, major publication wanting to take my idea and give it to their reporter. (laughs) Oh, geez. So I got mad and I just decided I would write what interested me. Well, tell tell us that story. Did you you pitch something and then you saw it in a paper? No, actually, I was cagey enough not to let them know who and where the incident was going to be. Right. so they Do you want to tell the story? Their, or? Well, I'll tell them. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, unless you're uncomfortable. Yeah, like, I'm, 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 I'm very intrigued. Called, they called all over the eastern shore trying to get a lead on uh, where this was going to happen. And oh, finally, this the good. reporter called me up and asked me. <laughs> well, what, what, what was the event? I, it was uh, when they were uh, uh, rebuilding one of the local Native American tribes. And they were going to... Uh, uh, have the swearing in and the blessing of the oh, first I chief see. in you know a couple hundred years. Wow! And where was that? On Elliot's Island. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. now okay. it can be told. <laughs> that's fantastic. And so you got to cover that story again. You got the exclusive on that. I did. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Nice. Well, I uh, you know I told him uh, I would talk to the chief because uh, he was expecting me to write it. Right. Uh, yeah. So he said, uh, he said, no, he didn't want to talk to this famous reporter. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. It's good to be on the ground. You know, every now and again, you, you have your feet on the ground. <laughs> and well, there's uh, sometimes if you listen to NPR, you'll hear you'll hear a story from here, you know, um, not from here. Because we, we don't really have a lot of reporters on the ground. But um, sometimes you'll hear, you know, like one time I heard one of my professors. He happened to be... Um, a, a a world renowned. He happened. He happens to be a Nixon authority, and so <laughs> when the Nixon tapes came out, I was driving along, and I'm like, I know that voice, yeah. you know. And right, it's like, yeah. yeah, well, you know, right place, right time. 
And yeah. so that never hurts, right? That's that's the best way to get a story is to have it happen right in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. Or just kind of fall on top of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, so did you find when you were kind of going through, like when you were, you know, interviewing like Wiley Gator Abbott and some of these other ones, did, was it a pretty easy process? Like, I mean, I would imagine, like I know when I was doing some of the work that I had done previously, people were very willing to come forward unless it was oh, some yeah. kind of like scandalous, sensational right. story. Yeah. Then, then they're a little like, you know, don't talk to me. But yeah. for the most part, I think, are they pretty receptive? To, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially talking to someone from Washington, D.C., well, they had known me by that time for okay. years, so they trusted uh, that I wouldn't reveal too much. Yeah, right. with some of those. Yeah, with some of those communities, you really have to kind of. If you're an outsider, you've got to prove your worth. And yeah, but you, you know, some of it had to be edited out. Sure, <laughs> sure, no doubt. Now, how did you find Elliot Island? Did you have family there, or no, no? It was just through a real estate agent. Really. I, Said I was looking for something off the beaten track. <laughs> have we got the place for you? Yeah, this very low key agent at that time. He said no, he didn't have anything, and uh, never heard from him for several months. And finally, I got a letter that said, uh, "I have a new listing that sounds like what you were talking about." Wow, that's uh, fantastic. Yeah, and, it and so suited me to a T. I I. I Freelance for for a while in, be, in between yeah. the straight in, in between the straight gigs you you freelance when you can and one of the one of the things is you you are you're always like oh I wish I could make that a story and and is that is that yeah. kind of how you got to your book you're like that would be a book if my deadline wasn't next week and that right I it, no it was just uh, you know I had the time and I was so discouraged after the incident with. Uh, with the chief? Uh, yeah, with the chief. And, uh, I just, and I had a neighbor, who uh, Freddie Waller, was interested in putting together a history of the island. And uh, all these people older, you know, like his mother's generation that uh, seemed to want to leave in. a record behind. Yeah, so, of course. Uh, we pitched in together and put the book together. And what was what was your first experience like putting putting the book together? Like how much, like because was it more than you thought it was going to be when you get started? Was it as easy as you thought it was going to be? Oh, it was more. We were five years. Oh, jeez. It was uh, wow. There wasn't a whole lot written ever about Elliot's wow. Island. We had to go to Annapolis and. Uh, get into the colonial records and all that. Wow, so you really went back and did the I mean the bedrock research for for Elliot's Island. And we mean, did we did that and brought it up to date as best we could with uh Wow. Yeah, piece, that's fantastic cuz now I just have to go to the American archives online and I can see all the stuff yeah. that you, you had to go touch it. I can just I can just uh, yeah. word search it. First I had to buy a computer that was right? back <laughs> in the day. This was in the mid-90s. So yeah. one of the things that I guess that's how we, we nearly crossed paths because you, when you, that's, that's, that's what your uh, Wiley Gator Abbott book is, is, one of the, is one of the resources that comes up. Like if you're looking for, even if you're looking for Cambridge history, that is, that, that's, a, that's a recommended source for Cambridge history or was oh. recommended to me by the internet. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, Wiley was from what they called down below. <laughs> but well, I, really I was looking uh, for Cambridge beer, like so. I'm looking oh, for okay. I'm looking for Cambridge, and that comes up. 
Oh, excellent. Yeah, so I think what, I mean, what maybe what Tony's trying to drive at is it seems like some of the work that you're doing, um, you know, with Elliot's Island, with Holland Island, you know, with some of these books, it really feels like they are um, time pieces. And I'm, and I'm not being eloquent, but they're like research material almost yeah, for people who are going to go do more research. This is going to be primary, like, this is going to be source material. Right, for people. the half a step above primary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, well, I, uh, to me, it was like uh, a whole nother world being drug home from the hospital by oxen. Right, yeah. He was yeah. actually younger than me. So. Yeah, and, and that's who it was a different said, world down, down below. That was, when you said 1940, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, I thought that this. Uh, so, uh, if, you, if you have a chance, folks, go and listen to the reading. She tells the story of Wally's birth and him. Wiley, I'm getting his wrong. Wiley. Wiley's birth and him coming home, and in, he was born in 1940. His car got stuck in the snow. His mother and father, his family's car, got stuck in the snow, and they had to put the last couple miles, at least, with oxen. They tied they tied <laughs> oxen to a car that was made in the 20th century and drug this kid home from the hospital. It was just. It's it's my you hear stories like this on the Eastern Shore yeah. and you're like that that doesn't happen that didn't happen yeah. that stopped happening in the 1820s but no. somehow his father he had uh, three toddlers at home and he got drafted at like 30 years of age into World War II wow and they had uh, just split a house with a neighbor and uh, they took their house down the road and over the ditch and set it up on a piece of land that they had. And about that time, his father got drafted with three minor... I mean, Wally was like three. He was the oldest. Yeah. So his father... And that's right at the end of the war then. It was... uh, No, it wasn't near the end because uh, Captain Winnie, Winnie said he walked across... Europe on foot, um, <laughs> Normandy to Germany. So there was plenty left when he got there. But he he tacked sailcloth against uh, across the wall where they had cut the house into. So, so they literally these... split the house in half. I thought yeah. you meant land and said house, and I wasn't even going to no. call you on it. They literally got out a saw. And right, like, again, right. like in a cartoon. After yeah. they got beaten up by the, uh, by the motor, by the... Model right. A thing. They yeah. cut the house they, in half. So they cut a house in half and moved half a house and then Right. And then Uncle out. Sam sent his greetings and his father took some sailcloth and just tacked across the, the, the whole. fourth wall. <laughs> and that was it. And, uh, and that's and where, I, and that's where like gone for these a, three yeah. little kids lived in a house with three with a roof, three walls, and a, and a sailcloth. Right. That's... It was only three years. <laughs> <laughs> just for just for just until Dad got home from the yeah. war. Gosh, but it's sakes. another another world. Yeah. So you hear those stories, and and it's easy to be compelled by them, right? It's clearly everyone's compelled by stories like that. But then going the going the distance and saying, you know what, I need to I need to put this into a book. Um, when you when it came time was was the Wiley book? Was that your second book? Second one, and so yeah. and what was that like? Well, I did some uh, for Arcadia uh, pictorial oh, we, histories of. Uh, we had that Cambridge conversation, Dorchester County. Yeah, before the uh, before the thing started, I, I've, I've written for Arcadia now as well. So we're that's just, when I decided I would be a publisher as well yeah. as a writer. 
And so you you were kind of in in a in a weird place because the desktop publishing was that happening when you started publishing or that wasn't happening yet, right? Not not that I knew of. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, when we, when we did the reprint, um, we like she came to, Anne came to Saltwater yeah. for the reprint of the Elliot's Island book. And when we got those, when I looked at the copyright, it said like 1999, I think it was. And I was like, oh my gosh, how are we going to get, you know, these files? And it ended up being like old page maker, I think. Wow. Like, zip, zip disk. It, it was like on a zip disk. Like I had to actually get Patty to order in like hardware so we could put these like old zip, like cassette things in and like pull the data off and then try to figure out how to import that into InDesign and it that's was, crazy that, that, that I mean and it worked it worked. It, cl- wow. it worked yeah I mean there were some adjustments that kind of had to be made but most everything survived over all the um, illustrations yeah there were all a lot the illustrations of pictures of there was a ton I, that was what I was really worried about I mean yeah. there was, um, some of this work is very image heavy so um, I was worried about that but it all kind of translated very crisp I mean as far as as far as I can see in the in the new yeah the qualities are great. I, mean, I couldn't get all those pictures own. to open up, but you and Patty resurrected yeah. them somehow. Yeah, well, I think Patty was more the uh, technical genius on that. Yeah. I was like, just give me something I can work with, you know, <laughs> that I don't have to, like, reset all this text and ask, you know, Anne to go back and find all these images uh. again. But we, uh, somebody was out there was looking out yes. for us. <laughs> so. Yes, we'll publish your book. You just have to retype it from the original. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, man. Brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. But I know I, you know, the type of work that you're doing, Anne, is exactly the type of work. Like, I have a library in my house, and it's every single book on the Eastern Shore that I can find. Yeah. And so, you know, I have, like, I I can go home and see these in my collection because I really feel like they're preservation pieces. I really feel like the work that you're doing is preserving a way of life, preserving these stories, preserving these communities and the images and all of that kind of stuff. It really feels... On some levels, it's yes, it is writing, but on another level, it feels essentially like a preservationist act as well. Almost folklore. Yeah, almost. Folklore. It is. Uh, it includes, uh, I'd say, folklore quite a bit. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. I I had one question in my head, and then I came up with another one. So I'll come up. I'll give you the. I'll give you the second one first. Did when you when you said folklore, one of the things that I just found out fell under folklore was. Recipes. So, did you was that was that a part of your research that you left out, or is it a part that you got to use? Like how they would prepare. Like, what do you eat when you have a sale for a wall? <laughs> yeah, They're, they didn't have any recipes. Right. Yeah. Island, Make so. it hot. <laughs> eat it up. Yeah. Uh, but my, my I, I I don't want to harp too much on it, but I do want to get a, a little bit back to when you decided to open your own press. What was that like? Like, how do you find a printer and you're doing this all by mail. I don't want to sound like um, you're like ah, oh, but that's just that's just impressive. Like you forget what you used to have to do by mail and telephone. <laughs> well, when I started, I didn't want uh, the editors to know that I was a woman because I, as I, I told you, right in your line with beer, I thought people don't want an article that a woman wrote about beer. But I, this Wild Goose Brewery was opening right, yeah. So. Uh, so I would, uh, you know, just use my initials, A.M. Foley. So that's what I always wrote in. And uh, so you, you could go a long time before anybody find out that right. you weren't a man <laughs> back in the day. Oh, my gosh. So did you find a lot of pushback from that? I mean, did you find that people 
would not give you jobs or were more hesitant to give you jobs if they found out you were a woman? Well, statistically, I think it's still uh, yeah. a, depending, women, I women, guess, on what area you're writing. But, yeah, uh, sure. Women reporters, women freelancers are always, you have to be 10 times better than any than any guy freelancer. Right. To, to, well, I always wondered why you used your initials, but, I mean, that makes total sense yeah. when, when you say it that way. I'd Especially never... writing about fishermen and Waterman. deer and uh, did a military article I sold to... Uh, Stars and stripes. Right. Yeah, and, unless you, unless unless your unless your name is Nellie Bly, they they don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. they don't much want to know. You know that. Yeah, yeah it's it's that that's clearly a, a, a difficulty, and it's one it's one I, I think that women have less. I mean, you'd have to talk to Katie about it because I'm not a woman, but um, sure. But I, I know that especially in in the 80s and 90s, a lot of a lot of women had a lot of trouble getting getting reporting work. Because, and also I guess the guys guys are so much more aggressive that they're hard that it's just like shut them up. And women are like, I'll I'll just find someone else to print it, you know. And guys will be like, all right, no, I need to talk to somebody else. And I think yeah. that that's because that's what we were talking about. I don't know if this was on the show or not, but like the idea of getting getting in touch with an editor who you can just send short pitches to is like the the gold standard of freelancing. Like if you know a guy that you yeah. can just say. Hey, I'm thinking about writing this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I didn't get to that point. No. <laughs> I've gotten to the point where they where they'll politely tell me no. Yeah. I have a couple editors who are like, no, nope, but keep politely, trying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, keep keep them coming. Keep them coming. So did you find like in, in all of this work, are there any particular stories that just kind of s- stay with you as like part of your canon or part of the stories that just you can't forget or can't walk away from or were there anything in particular that kind of just stayed near and dear to your heart oh so many oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh i don't know my neighbors said that they just i went, went to school at miss Norris store i learned so much and uh, yeah they spoke so well been much better than i could write <laughs> Well, and and that's the that's the thing. It's that's a very contextual question because, like, like I accidentally talked for beer about forty five minutes before we got on because you mentioned yeah. you're like, hey, do you know this guy? And I'm like, yes, let me give you his entire biography, right? Yeah, and exactly. So that was my favorite story to answer that question. But the, the, depending upon the the question, is is the story is the story? Do you find that people that a story resonates more with other people? Is there one story that, like, everyone who talks about your book, they're like, I like this story, or... Well, Wiley's bio surprised me because uh, I've heard from, you know, people with so many different backgrounds that uh, enjoyed meeting Wiley in this book. And, right. Uh, like, a, a lawyer that I was uh, knew on, uh, in Frederick, Maryland, I had no association over this way. He said when he got in a tough spot, he would ask himself, what would Wiley do? (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. I love it. That's awesome. No, you, 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 but it's interesting, you know, when you write a book, you know, you do it for your reasons or, you know, whatever we have as writers as to our motivations to write. And then once the thing is out there and then you get the feedback and then you realize how people are interpreting your work taking it personally, taking it home, you know, and kind of how it, how, how you, you set out to do one thing and do this, but then once it's out there, you can't really always know how it ends up for people. Yeah. It's like a Rorschach test. Everybody. uh, Yeah. Sees their own slant on it. 
Absolutely. I remember one time when I, after I wrote Crossings, one of the best compliments I ever got about my book was a woman down from Eastern Shore, Virginia, said um, she had read the whole thing. And one day she and her husband were kind of just sitting around early on a Saturday, Sunday morning, and they were like, yeah, what are we going to do today? I don't know. We don't really have any plans. And she said, you know what? Let's take that book that I just finished and let's do like a picnic tour. And they started out and they went and they drove to all the places they could that were available in my book. They went place and like talked about like what i wrote about at that space and then like they took like cheese and crackers and wine and fruit and like some sandwiches that's so cool i know and then they drove to another i know right and they drove to another spot we're like oh well here she wrote about x y and z and then they drove the next spot and they just spent the whole day driving and seeing these towns then these things that i wrote about and just took a packed lunch and i thought that is the like that to me that stands out as you know sorry mom but the best compliment i that i've really have been and i've never forgot it i know because it because they really they really read it and it really made sense like it it, if what you want to do is you want you want someone to come away with a little bit of the book stuck in them and so that's that's the whole book it's like because that's that's something that you know you tell your kids about hey you know one time we took this really kooky trip you know yeah exactly I did once when uh, I read an article about uh, different roller coasters, and I, I had loved roller coasters in my youth. You know? Right. And I, I just decided to pack my son up and uh, take him on a roller coaster tour. That would be awesome. I, I would sign Where's up for that. that book? Yeah. Yeah, the roller coaster tour. I would, I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, let's let's get get quickly to the most the most recent one, which yeah. I did not get a yeah. chance to see. Um, Holland Island. Lost Atlantis to the Chesapeake, and this is really, I mean, the cover is just sort of all these people sort of staring back. It's really, really well done. And so what's what's Holland Island? I've not, I've not heard of Holland Island. I guess that's the Atlantis uh, part. You've, you've just forgotten because there, there was a, a, a minister from Deals Island that was trying to save the last house. Stephen White. Oh, Stephen yeah, Stephen you're White. right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. My, my wife has been there. Uh, they would take kids on... Uh, on tours, yeah, right? And they would walk yeah. out there or whatever. Yeah, he did a book with uh, with us recently, actually, about Holland Island, and he kind of put his recollections together. He he and his wife they just did Herculean work. Oh out my there gosh! Yes, save this house. It's uh, it's on the back cover here. Yeah, yeah. He he came in and he he talked about you know he, how he had the island and he was trying to save it and they tried bulkheading and there were different storms that came in and destroyed it but he was he, you could tell he he so loved the island and he oh, wanted yeah. to save it and he just hit roadblock after roadblock after roadblock and finally you know due to um i think he got cancer i think and then Leukeme- and, 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 yeah exactly and pernicious and, leukemia yeah, and, and uh, then he kind of got older and he kind of had to let it go but i mean he i mean there are pictures of him i guess in his like 50s and 60s like oh no he was in his 70s yeah, 70s yeah and that. rebuilding wow. rebuilding that house when it was kind of torn down but, so, uh, so how did how did holland island come to your attention as a as a subject well, it's uh, part of Dorchester County. It's uh, the southernmost part of Dorchester County, and uh, it's had a very, very interesting history. It was a large community. It was comparable to Elliot's Island. Wasn't there a, a sign? Wasn't there a murder in the in the, in lighthouse. the lighthouse? Well, 
It was ruled not to be murdered. There was a death in the lighthouse. It a, yeah, yeah. It was, well, uh, it was a suspicious. I remember. I remember, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about this. They found the lightkeeper naked right, and dead naked with a knife, a bloody knife near him, and uh, yeah, all the furniture turned over and the wood stove lids. So he took off his clothes and had a tantrum and, and stabbed himself to death. Is that? <laughs> yeah. so it happens all the time. You know? He died of tantrum. <laughs> he heart, did, heart attack. Died of a per, pernicious, <laughs> a pernicious tantrum. Yeah, actually, I wrote a short story about that. I don't, I have a terrible time trying to write fiction, but uh, if it's half true, I, I can manage <laughs> right. my, my writer's group, the writer's block of uh, Salisbury puts out an anthology every year too. Right. And I did a short story based on that uh, oh, I'd mystery. Love to re- I'd love to read that. Um, I, I, I may have read that because I, I got their last I got their last anthology. Was oh, it the you? last one oh. or was it the one before oh, This that? one hasn't come out yet. Oh, all right. Well, then I didn't this read is, it. Uh, this is going to be Eastern Shore Noir. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm hoping to come visit you guys soon. I, I, oh, live, in, I live in Del Mar. I'm a friend of Thomas oh. um, Taylor. Tom Taylor. Oh, is, oh. A, is a friend of mine. I did some oh, well, work with him. Our leader. There. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a really enthusiastic guy. Anybody uh, interested in uh, joining or just dropping in anytime is more than welcome. Well, yeah, we're we're actually. I'm trying to co-op that. I'm trying to trying to suck that group into this one here. So that's yeah. that's one of the pitches I want to make because we have the the writers group here. I mean, you must have gotten that email then. I did. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, but it's uh, probably more. Salisbury Center, the group. Yeah, we'll fix they, that. They meet um, we'll on Saturdays. Van, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. the, 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 those guys, and just to do a quick commercial for our writers group, we just sit and talk and drink. We don't. We don't do a critique group. So oh. yeah. Oh. So no, we just. Not, no, we just. Yeah, sit we just. And drink. We just. We just hang out and we all tell what oh. we're doing and then. You we have a beer and then we go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we basically just have like uh, cheese crackers and you know, some like pickup food. A lot of. Uh, wine, beer, that kind of stuff, and then we sit around. And we're like, "Hey, I'm writing this. I'm doing that. Okay." And then again, rinse and repeat every month. So <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I've got to admit, I was nervous about coming because I, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to be my scene. But I, I actually was just the other day. I'm like, "When's the next meeting? I can't. I can't the wait." Third to go. Saturday Aww, of every night, Tony. Yeah, one to three in uh, meeting room three in the Salisbury Library basement. And, uh, Fantastic. So anybody drop in anytime. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll catch you in June. I, I've tried. I've been trying to come really for two years because uh, uh, <laughs> we could talk about more of that more about that uh, off the air because we are pulling into the station now. So where can we find your books? Uh, they're pretty widely available. Uh, and do you have an internet presence? Do you have a well, just a Facebook, a uh, couple of Facebook pages. You have them for the books. A.M. Foley and Holland Island Book. Okay. My, All right. Well, uh, I'll make sure we Facebook grab Facebook pages. All right. I'm not adept at social media, so that's fine. Pretty just, bare. You won't get a lot of spam from me. Uh, that's <laughs> fine. <We> sign up. <laughs> we just want to find something to point the people at. So yeah. Um, yeah, we just want to make sure that people are you know interested. We've got a place to to direct them to make sure if they want to. Yeah, because like, uh, I will pretty tell much you. around where wherever local books are sold. Wherever fine local books are sold. <laughs> Barb's in uh, Salisbury and Barnes and Noble, of course, and Apple Drugs and in Cambridge, wherever they carry books. That's cool. Fantastic. Well, we'll make sure we get all the the links and get all that stuff squared away. Because I mean, I, I personally am 
want to walk out with this Holland Island book. It just looks fantastic. So I'm going to. It's, it's whether I told it well or not. It's a fabulous story. It really is. Well, I'll be, I'll be chewing on it soon. That's for sure. It's haunting. Well, that's, that's when you know you got a good story. So. And this is the part where you thank the guests who... That, that's going to become a trope of ours, maybe. Where yeah, when Trent is like, hey. <laughs> this is the part where you, where you thank the guests. Thank you very much for being on the podcast, Ann. Oh, well, I thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we're glad, glad to have you. So What's Your Story was recorded at Saltwater Media, an indie book publisher in Berlin, Maryland. To hear more behind-the-story stories, visit us at www.saltwatermedia.com Want to hear more? Just subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Want other people to hear more? Give us a great review on iTunes. Tell your story.